no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bears Essentials. On today's show, we break down Bears OTA storylines and much, much more. Hey, Doug, what's the good word? Hey, everything is good with me, Perez, man. Still eating on left of a barbecue, man, but all good. Okay. Now, um, you eating on the, the fish or you eating on the barbecue still now? What are we doing? Oh, let me clarify that now. The fish, baby. You know, you got to eat something healthy. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I was going to have to say something to you now. I'm like, I thought, hey, Dub, I thought you said you was going to eat good now after the after the holidays pass. <laughs> yeah, man, bro. I'm telling you, bro, it's a difference. I, I'd say, man, I did eat bad that day. We put something on the grill, but that next few days, I knew I, at that point, I got to do something different. So it's about now getting back in shape now, prayers, and eating the right stuff. Yeah, because I'll tell you one thing. I did. I kind of went. I went in on Monday, man, and I'm telling you that next day I felt it. I'm talking. I, I I felt like audience. No, don't be making fun of us now. But <laughs> I feel like I was looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, man, my clothes, my shirt don't fit right right now. I'm like, man, <laughs> I do something about this for real. So Monday, I had myself. I treated myself. Yesterday, it was like a detox day. I had to get, I was like, my body was like, okay, what you doing? <laughs> what we <are you> doing? <laughs> I'm with you, bro. Oh, man. But no, I'm back, man. Good to hear from you, man. I would say, though, the holiday weekend was good, man. It was long. I needed that. I had a chance to recharge. You know how it's been going on with me and you, man, with the with work, with yeah. the network that we were starting up, DBE. Man, we, 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 well, we always going. We always doing something. So it was good to have some time to kind of kick back. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. I kind of enjoyed myself too, Perez. You're right. A lot of hard work we're putting in. A lot of work we're still putting in. But sometimes you need that day to recharge. And you're right, man. Shit, man. I took a man. Listen, I was off work from, from Thursday to freaking Monday, man. I, I'm talking about boy, I had what one, two, three, four. Man, I had four days. So I was <laughs> I was living it up. <laughs> hey, I am not mad at you, man. Because I'll say this: you definitely deserve it, bro. You deserve that time, man. Yeah, because now this weekend I'll be traveling to another tournament. We got a Chicago Sky game that, uh, next Sunday. I had one last night. So listen, and the audience, y'all may think, oh man, friends over there kicking it. No, listen, we we over here grinding, baby. <laughs> we grind, man. <laughs> putting in work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, man, let's get into the episode, man. So, audience, you guys know I was holding out hope that Brother Hakeem Hicks will somehow make his way back home to Chicago. Last week on the show, A-Dub, I talked about when he posted on Instagram that the picture of him sacking Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, ooh, maybe Hakeem Hicks is trying to put a little last little minute thing out there to let the organization know, hey, he will still be open. He'll still be receptive. Right. Nah. nah. My man going down there to Tampa Bay, he going down there with Brady. So salute to Hakeem. We know he done fantastic with his organization. I understand late in his career, he started to you know, have some injuries in Eastern nature. But, man, I just love the way the guy plays when he's out there, the passion and the love that Perez and I talked about in the past about him. So it's, it still sucks, man, to see him over there with the Bucks. It does. But, listen, he, not, he got a chance to compete against himself a championship ring. So the Bears fan of me, hey, listen, man, I love everything that he did in the Bears uniform. Yeah. 
as the human side of me, man, I wish them well, except for if they play the Bears. <laughs> but, you know, I would look at this situation with Hakeem Hicks and say this, hey, Dub, try stopping him and Vita Vey. I think that defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is about to be crazy, especially if Hakeem can stay healthy. Woo-wee. If he stays healthy first, they just got that much better defensive, man. And it's just sad, again, for our opponents like the Bears, if we got to go against that team. We know we did. You know what? We know how what happened last time we played against them, right? So now you add Hicks there. If he's healthy, man, that's going to be trouble, Perez. And <laughs> ain't much you can do. I'll tell anybody, good luck playing against the Bucs. And like I said, like they got that bad man, the quarterback. They got that bad man coming back for one more year. And I, if anybody don't think the Buccaneers are going to probably end up winning that Super Bowl, then you crazy. You think Tom Brady going to allow himself to go out like that? That's the only reason why he probably came back this season, because he ain't like the fact that he didn't win it last year. That man is going to do everything in his power to win. And you know that Bucs team, they're going to do everything they can to surround himself with the right pieces. But they get the Hakeem Hicks, man, please. Yeah, they in a good shape. You're right. Team in good shape. Back. <laughs> I'm like, man, that was the shortest, probably one of the shortest re- retirements I ever seen, man. Dude say he want to come back now. I'm like, all right, go ahead. Do your thing, Brady. But, you know, I got respect for Brady. I understand his career, what he's done for the game. Hicks over there with him now. It's all a great situation for all of them. So, good luck to those guys, and we'll see what happens down the road. But to your point, Perez, definitely a championship contender. I don't think Brady ever intended on retiring, man. I think that was just some shit to scare the organization. I think <laughs> he needed them to do a little something something for him, and I think that he going to get everything he wanted. And also, too, quiet as kept. I think that he had something going on with Arians. I, I, I don't have any proof of that. No one's Ooh, told me that. But I think it was something there going on between those two. But anyway, mm. audience, you guys come here to, to listen to us talk about the Bears. So enough about the, the Bucks. Hey, good luck to you, Hakeem, but fuck the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well said, Chris. Let's go. All right. So OTAs ain't up. So we know the Bears returned last week for a second week of their OTAs. And we know that it's going to be a big adjustment, man, for these guys to learn this new scheme under Matty Refluce. Right. And I will say this, man. We're starting to see a lot of stuff kind of kicking down from these, these various practices. Now, one thing I will say to you, A-Dub, I wasn't surprised when I saw Tevin Jenkins lined up at right tackle, brother. Oh, heck no, you weren't surprised, friends. You said it all along he should be at right tackle. <laughs> you know, you was the biggest advocate of that from the start, man. So now they're actually doing it, at least consistently in the offseason. That says a lot about Jenkins because that's probably the place where he's probably going to be the most comfortable at and maybe even thrive there too, friends. So good job there and a great call out from you, man, for spearheading. But I got to ask you, what made you really believe they will go back to putting him at that right tackle, though? Well, just because all the film work from last season, man, when I looked at it, I didn't think that he was a natural fit at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his film from when he was in college, right tackle was his sweet spot, and he mauled people. And I just wanted him to get back to being that in the NFL. Also, too, you got to think about it. Ryan Pace had to trade up to get Tevin Jenkins. That's and true. he gave up a lot of draft capital to do so. So he had a vested interest to move Tevin Jenkins over there to left tackle. Also, when they cut Charles Little. Right. So now you see what... When Poles comes in here and Eberflus, they don't have that same mentality. They don't owe Tevin Jenkins anything. So when they moved him over to right tackle, it's like, look, this is what it is because we're trying to figure out what we got here. And I'll tell you one thing. Larry Borum over at left tackle, I think what Ryan Poles right now is thinking about is, do we have tackles here? We're going to give these guys a one-year shot at, this position, at these positions and see what they got. 
Right. I'm with you there, Perez. Put them in a position where they can be successful. Like, okay, you hit it over here with Jenkins, right? Putting them right there. Like, okay, right tackle. That's what you're comfortable at. Let's see what you got. Let's not play around and experiment with you at left tackle. Let's see what you really can do. And then we've seen Bourne, right, do multiple things. Now he's at the left tackle. You're right. This regime, like, look, you guys got to show us something. Yeah, you got to put them in a, in a situation where they can both thrive. And yep. we saw that that did not happen with Jenkins last year. I mean, fuck, when he came back from his injury, not only did he not play at the right position, but he didn't even play half the damn time because Nagy was trying to save his job, so he was trying out Fanny. Right. <laughs> Man, <laughs> don't remind us of no Nagy. They, when the media was asking Tevin Jenkins – about him being a right tackle. He was very kind of gruff about it. And I kind of feel like for him, he may not want to be a right tackle because you you know left tackles in the NFL, they're the ones they make the money. Yeah, that's what it work at. It's also the prestige of being the left tackle. Like I said, the money don't hurt each seven. You still got a great opportunity, man, in this league because the pressure is on you in a sense, but at least they're putting you in a position where they think that you're a better, more suitable fit in the NFL because – when they moved him to the left tackle last year, you know, I said it a mu multiple times. I'm like, I don't know if he's ready for all this, man. When they cut Charles Leno and they moved him over to the left tackle, I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. I was like, right tackle seemed like the sweet spot for him. So we'll see what happens, though. But I'll tell you one thing, man. That's something I'm really going to be paying attention a lot to in Hallis Hall and seeing how he's matching up with these pass rushers, seeing how both of those guys look against the Gibson, how they look against the Robert Quinn. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. It's going to be dope right there, Perez. And, I'm, I'm a, again, you and I are rooting for Jenkins to show us what he got, man. So I think, like you said, all those changes, what we did for him uh, last season to get him. And then we also see him have some failures too, right, Well, with the penalties. I know he came late in the season and all that stuff. It didn't look good, really. It didn't look good. He had a, one situation that you and I talked about with setting up for his teammate Justin Fields. But overall, we still see we still see that we need to see some improvement for him. So hopefully this is the time for him to show us that, Perez, that he can be that elite player. Yeah, there were some things on technique-wise technique -wise that he needs to clean up. Yeah. Also, too, I thought he was a little heavy. And when I saw him in OTAs, he was a little lighter. So I think it, he might have lost some weight as well. That's going to help. You yep. know, and, and it, it, having that back injury didn't do him any favors anyway because the organization knew that he was injured. Yeah. Uh, and, and so my thing was his, his rookie year just never materialized. Same thing with Justin. So you're going to see both of these guys get an opportunity to be set up for success. And that's what's about right there, Perez. But now, when, I, when you talk about storylines from OTAs, okay, so now we might have this tackle position figured out. We know we got Cody White here at left guard, Lucas Patrick over at center, but right guard, what we doing? And I, and I hate to keep picking on Sam Buster, but I don't necessarily know if I want that to be my starting right guard this season. <laughs> yeah, man, you are picking on Sam Mustafer, bro. But uh, you know what? But rightfully so. And I think Sam Mustafer, you know, uh, could be there, but I'm not sure how successful. And I think if you have him and, and Jenkins on, on the right side, Perez, does that scare anybody away, right? It don't scare anybody. You see that. So I'm wondering, you know, if that even the solution for this Bears organization, what they have in plan in store, right, for a right guard, Perez, are we going to keep Sam Mustafer there or are we going to do something else, go after somebody else? The only thing that I will say – that while it might happen that way is because with Tevin Jenkins being a younger player in the league, with Sam Musselman being very intelligent as a ball player, that Sam Musselman will be able to help him on that side, right? Making sure that, that Tevin Jenkins is good over there, making sure that he understands his assignments. So mm -hmm. that's the biggest saving grace about those two being paired up on the same side of the field. 
my only concern when it comes to Sam Mustafer is how he got outpowered a lot last season. So hopefully he's basically bulked up. He's got a stronger base. We'll see. You know, like I said, that's something else I'll be paying attention to when we get to Hallis Hall for training camp. Yes. I want to see, hey, how this guy looks. Is he ready to answer that challenge? Because the center, while he had all those intangibles, the hustle and all the things that I liked, he had a lot of things about him that I did not like. Right, right. So this is going to be a time for him to really step up, friends. I mean, he's getting another shot. So hopefully he can take advantage of this opportunity to see his chance to work with some young talent, really, I think, on the offensive line. So we'll see where his mind is at, friends. I think the key factor is what he's been doing to better himself, right? You hit a good point. You talk about his body. What does his body look like? Is he ready for that? Yeah, you got to be ready for that challenge. You got to be ready for that physicality. You know, yep. we know intellect-wise the guy's smart. We know that the guy's going to hustle. We know he's going to play hard. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be playing on that interior line in the NFL, you got to be ready to match that physicality. Because we were talking about Akeem Hicks and Vita Vey with Tampa Bay. Man, imagine <laughs> us facing those two. That's going to be fucking disgusting. It's going to be disgusting. And that's the thing. There's a lot of interior linemen in this NFL that are going to give you problems. You got Aaron Donalds in the world. We don't want that type of smoke where you got to stand Mustafa in the middle. Now, Lucas Patrick, I think he'll give us something at that center position. Right. But again, at the guard spot. I just want to see a little something more. Now, Sam Mustafer can string it together and he and he shows that he can handle the physicality, then okay, fine. But I just need to see more than what I saw from him last season. Oh, I totally agree with you, Perez. I'm quite sure the opponent's gonna look at that and say, okay, who are you surfing on the whole on that offensive line that you want to attack? I'm quite sure his name's gonna come up. Yep. Now Another storyline that kind of popped up, Bay Dub, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. When we saw that the Bears went out and signed Tavon Young, yes. we just kind of assumed that, hey, he was going to be that nickel corner in this defense. But one of the things that I had mentioned earlier in the offseason is, hey, don't forget about Thomas Graham Jr. now because not only did Thomas Graham Jr. show you that he can play on the outside, he's got the versatility to kick inside as well. And so I think that these two are going to have a really good competition there for that nickel corner spot. Oh, that's going to be intriguing right there, Perez. I'm quite sure Young want to show it. Look, I ain't, hey, I ain't out of this yet now. I still got something left in the tank. I'm quite sure he got a lot to prove to the team. And you know Thomas Graham didn't get a fair shot last year in our opinion. Right. So he felt he got something to prove too. So in our little vaccine seeing that kid, I was happy for Thomas Graham to see that he's out there competing and fighting hard. So now he wants to take that, what he done so far late last season, and try to carry it over into this upcoming season. So for him – he feels like he got something to prove as well. So it'll be good to see these guys continue to fight in battle press for that position. Yeah, because honestly, there's no way that he's going to compete for a job on the outside because we got that shit covered with Gordon right. and Johnson. <laughs> so the, the slot corner position is probably where it's going to be. But I will say this, though. We have seen the last couple of years of Tavon Young, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that's right. the thing that's kind of hurt him in his career. So it does give me some sort of solace to know that we do have a guy in Thomas Graham Jr. there in case something does happen. I hope that doesn't happen, but at least you know that you got a guy right there that the coaching staff believes in. Because the one thing they'll say about the guys, look, they love the way he competes. They yep. say he puts in that extra time, and it's a guy that's hungry. And that's what I want. I want this roster to be a bunch of guys that have a chip on their shoulder, and they're hungry because they want an opportunity in this league. 
and that describes them both very well, Perez, having that chip on your shoulder. And I'll I, I tell you, it would be, be a good story in my book if Thomas Graham was to be able to get a lot of, you know, reps out there, Perez, because, again, we know how hard this kid works, man. And we felt bad for him when he had to set back last season in training camp, right? It kind of set him back. So, so far, so good for him now coming in healthy. So, hopefully he can pick up where he left off at, Perez, and make a better impact than what he's already made thus far. But it would be good to see these two guys continue to compete because I'm fighting for both of them. And I think if both of them share that time, Perez, at the slot, that's a, that's a plus in itself. And like I said, I mean, that week 15 primetime game that we had against the Vikings and seeing how Thomas Graham Jr. performed in that matchup, yeah. that just gave us a glimpse of the potential. We haven't seen anything yet because it got the oh. kid is still learning. He's in a new scheme, and I'm hoping that he gets coached up a little bit more because I don't think that he got coached up and developed a lot last season. I think a lot of that we saw was his natural abilities coming out. Right, right. And you're right, Chris. And the good thing, he's surrounded by some talent now, some real talent now, right? Uh, we got some guys he really can learn from and learn with. So, and also a good coaching staff that really wants to pull you in and help you be better and create some turnovers and all those different things, right, to make you successful. I think he's in a good situation now, much better than he was last season. No, true that, true that. Now, I do got to ask you one thing. I want to get your thoughts on this situation. Matt Eberfus tried to downplay it, but we saw that Jalen Johnson practice with the twos. But he mm. said it wasn't nothing to read into. But I don't know, man. When there's smoke, this fire. What you think? <laughs> I want to trust even through on this right now. Yo, I'm a roll with coach on this. Maybe not nothing to look into. I think he said part of it was due to conditioning, right? To get you know uh, Jalen back up to speed on things, and uh, he'll, he'll be fine. But right now, other uh, guys are probably a little bit step ahead of him, so that's why they probably get their, their chances now. But I'm not gonna read too much into it based on what coaches say. I got to roll with coach again on this. Listen, we know that Jalen Johnson probably is one of the top three most important bears on this team. Yeah. In the 2022 season. So the only thing that I looked at it was the fact that is this Matt Eberflus just playing like a mental game with Jalen? Because we know that Jalen was absent from the early portions of the offseason program, which yep. was voluntary. But what did, what, did, what did Matt Eberflus say about that? When they've asked him about Jalen Johnson, he's not gone like basically above and beyond and praising him. He said, oh, we can't, We got to get him in here. We got to look at him. We got to see for. We got to see it in person. So he's not going to fall in love over these players until he gets them on the grass and sees what they can do, you know, specifically. Now, I will say, though, Darnell Mooney has been the exception to the rule because they've been, man, they have been jumping all type of phrase on Mooney. They love that kid so far. Yeah, and the thing is why we love Mooney because we see Mooney and Fields, they've been putting their work in together, right? They've been really working that we can really see, and we've been hearing them talk a lot about it as well. But with Jalen Johnson on the hand press, you ain't been hearing a lot about what he's been doing, right? What he's been doing working-wise, <laughs> right? I'm being honest, right? We ain't been hearing that. So had even Flus really seen him? I like the fact that even Flus had that objectivity press going into it. Like, look, you got to show me, bro. Show me what you got. <laughs> because I don't want to care what nobody said about what you did last season. This is a whole new season. We got to show us what you were able to do, man. And um, you got to do it on the field. You got to be out there to work and show us. So we're not going to just hand, it, hand you the keys. You're going to have to come and take them. <laughs> so that's where they at right now, Perez. And I, and I, roll with, I can roll with coaching staff on that part, of it, you know. But, yeah, Mooney, working hard, baby. Putting it in. Because that bank going to be open, Perez. I hope so. But I will say this. I want to go back to something that you just said right there. I do think it's important, though. You got a new regime in here. You got a new coach. You can't wrestle your laws from last season. So, Jalen, we know you that dude. However, right. we saw some things last year with this man coming to practice late or whatever the hell that was going on with Nagy finding him <laughs> and posting the shit on the internet, which I thought was kind of weird look for both of those guys. Yep. Now, you got a new coach in here. Now, the new coach is like, look, yeah, you might be that dude. 
but I need to see you. I need you to be up in here. You know what I mean? And if they're talking about working him in conditioning-wise, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about my starting corner who's got a future all-pro potential that they working him in on conditioning. You should already been ready. You know what, Perez? That's a damn good point. Should have already been ready. You're supposed to be one of the leaders in that secondary right now. You know, it's it's your time to shine and step your game up. We got new newcomers coming in, trying to show you show some stuff. You know what I'm saying? This new DBs, DBs, you know, uh, and safety coming in. They trying to show something. Where you at, man? Where you at? Don't come in with this ego that you already got it, man. You a second year player, bro. You got to show that. You got to show what you're able to do. And what I'm saying right now, Perez, I'm not too happy about it with Jalen Jones. I know we're probably going to be that, that corner there, but still, I'm just not too happy with it, man, for what I'm seeing early on, especially when we talk about other players on this team showing up, you know, ready to play, man, even when they don't have to, the other vets on this team. So, come on, man, act like a vet. I'm not saying you're a vet yet, but act like one. I mean, it's not about acting like a vet. It's acting like a leader. It's being a leader. He's he's going to be the leader in that cornerback room. You got to yeah. be that. You know, it's the thing about it is, when you look at a Roquan Smith on this ball club, even last season, Roquan was the only defensive player on that team that showed up to everything last season. He did Agreed. the same thing this year. That's the example. That's the standard. And that's what I want to see happening a little bit more with Jalen Johnson. I got to see a little bit more on the leadership side with him. You know what I mean? I know how corners are. Sometimes, you know, they feel themselves a little bit. Jalen probably feeling himself because he knows he's that deal. But Jalen, yep. come on, man. <laughs> we need to see a little bit more step up. We know you're going to kill it this year on the court. I mean, we know you're going to kill it on the field, Jalen. We know this. <laughs> exactly, man. But ain't nothing wrong with showing Gordon and these other guys, man, that, hey, you that dude and setting the example for him. I'm with you Just that set first. the example. That's it. Just set the example. Because when I saw Kendall Vildor's name popping up, talking about he was running with the ones, I damn it <laughs> had a heart attack. I'm like, Jalen, you better not play them games. Put your butt back out there and do what you got to do, man. <laughs> I'm with you there, friends. I thought about the same thing with Bill Hill. came. I said, oh, she's not Bill Hill again. No, nah, I mean, what are you screw up in practice this time? You know, <laughs> you know, we know what he did on the field last season. We weren't too happy about it. So, yeah, Jalen Johnson, don't play no games with that, man, because you know how Perez and I may feel about Bill Hill, what, what his performance was like last season. Hopefully he's better this season. But, man, last year I was not happy about it. Nah, that was pretty bad, but – He's going to probably be the top reserve option. So hopefully nothing happens to Gordon. Hopefully nothing happens <laughs> to Johnson. And, and if for some reason something does happen, and I hope Thomas Graham Jr. gets first nod, and I hope it's not no damn builder. I hope so. But I'm not going to kill the guy because I haven't seen how he looks in the offseason yet. We'll get to Hallis Hall. We'll see. But for what I saw on tape from him last season, I am not interested. But hopefully <laughs> he had an offseason to kind of get his mind right, to get acclimated to things. So we'll see. We'll see, bro. I'm with you there. But I will tell you this, man. We keep hearing the same two guys on defense, those guys that have been showing up and showing out, and that's been Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. And you and I have been high on both of these guys, but I told you from day one that I thought Brisker was probably going to probably be the best rookie in this class. I mean, just with yeah. everything, just his makeup, everything about him. I just love this kid, his drive, the determination. He's got a why. But Kyle Gordon, we know he's going to start day one just like Brisker. But I keep hearing every practice, you keep hearing that these guys are creating turnovers. Brisker's punching the ball out. When you had Peanut come in, you know he was soaking that them jewels up from Peanut. And I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even be surprised if he probably got Peanut's number and probably still talking to him. Because I'm talking about, they said the damn the first OTA when, when Peanut was there, Brisker was punching the ball out. 
That's what it's about right there, Perez. And you want you hit a good point though. And you know what? That's a good. That's good. That's what you want to see happen. And the fact that these youngsters are having some early success already, Perez, and making some noise, and we also know who's not making noise. You feel good about the secondary going forward, man. So I'm happy to hear these guys getting turnovers, man. I'm happy they have to show off their talents, man, because we're definitely going to need them. We're going to have some success uh, this coming season. And, and our secondary is going to be a big part of what we're trying to accomplish. So salute to both of them, man. Keep working hard, fellas. Keep putting that work in. And keep getting those turnovers. Make it a habit. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I would love to see the return of the peanut punch. Jaquan Brisker, if you're able to bring that back and bring that tradition back here, I would love that, man, because – we need to bring that element back to this defense. We talk about the creating turnovers, right? We we yeah. saw in 2018 when this defense was a turnover machine, when Eddie Jackson was out here making those plays, right? Well, we haven't had that on our defense in a long time. And I'm hoping that Matt Eberflus and his approach brings that back. But you can tell these young guys, they have that mentality. Not just Brisker, because I hear Gordon likes to push that yep. ball out too. That's what we like there, Perez. These two kids are coming in. I don't mean to call them kids, but young men. They're coming in trying to really show this team that, hey, you know what? They want to play early on, Perez, and they want to be, make an impact on this game. And they're not taking no days off, man. These kids really trying to work their heart out, man, these young players, to try to get better, man. And um, the fact that they are raw talent like this, Perez, of the elite, of talent, I mean, I'm just happy for them, man. I, I think Iberflus is pretty much the right coach to help these guys elevate. So I'm kind of proud of what I'm hearing now. What, what we, we hear about these two, I'm quite sure we're going to hear a lot more. Yeah, but – I just talked a second ago about Eddie Jackson. I think about this with Eddie. Now, Eddie, Iberflus is giving him a clean slate. He said that multiple times. He's going to be yep. open-minded when it comes to Eddie. And I think that that was the best approach because you got a guy like Eddie Jackson. We know what his potential is. The guy's a former all-pro player, right? True. Had some underperforming seasons. But they're saying that he's coming in with a renewed focus and a renewed attitude. And see, that's what happens when people get humbled. Yeah, you know, when you had those kind of seasons that he had, when he had the fan base kind of getting on him a little bit, and he had to fucking look at himself in the mirror a little bit and say, you know what, man, I need to figure this shit out, <laughs> you know. But it right. sounds like he is because they're saying that he's asking the right questions, coming in with the right attitude. But they say he's also coming and showing, hey, these are the things that I can get better at fundamentals wise, and those are the things that you and I have been talking about on this show for the last couple of years when it comes to Eddie, the fundamentals, man. Now, I know he got a little better with the tackling, but we know that tackling for him, that wasn't why they gave him that big-ass extension. They gave him that big extension because he was making game-changing plays. But when those game-changing right. plays went away, then everybody started nitpicking. Oh, he's missing tackles. Oh, he don't want the smoke. I'm just hoping that Eddie Jackson under Matt Eberflus in his defense can come a, become a well-rounded safety, not just the, the game-changer, which I love that aspect. I just want him to be a playmaker. All the way around. No, that, that's that's spot on, Perez, being a playmaker, man. I'm with you there. I hope that him seeing these young guys inspire him to want to get better, right, want to be better. Because, again, you see changes happen like this with a new regime. Look, you already know your, your days are numbered if you don't turn around. So I think he may have seen the right on the wall, you know, like, okay, if I don't turn this around, even flus. If polls, these guys ain't gonna play no games with me, man. They'll ship my ass about it. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, they don't got time for all this extra, you know. So that means hey, step my game up and play up to my potential. And if he can do that, Perez, this can be an elite secondary if he can do that. If he can step his game up. And these young guys show that kind of growth that we expect them to. And you know what? I mean, just one of the things that I was just thinking about with Eberfus, 
I mean, this is a guy that obviously he understands there's a lot of moving parts right now. There's been a lot of change. They're learning new schemes. You know, in yep. some cases, some of the younger guys, that is the second scheme that they're learning in, you know, a successive seasons. And so I think he understands that. But I also know that he's probably chomping at the bit to get these guys out there on the field for training camp because let's be honest, man, you're not going to really understand where your players are at until you get them in pads and contact is happening and you really yeah. see how guys respond that way. Absolutely, Perez. That's the one way you're going to really see. Right? Show me what you got under, that, under those circumstances. I think that's what we're going to really see what this team made of. Yeah, because right now it's mostly the mental stuff. It's the mental adjustments, yeah. what guys are grasping, but physicality. That's the part where you really want to be able to see somebody's athletic ability jump out, right? Right. That's what we're right. going to really be able to see. That's when you're going to see how guys respond to the contact, to the speed of the game. Exactly. And see also what kind of adjustments are they willing to make, a kid make, right, through all that. So that's going to be the changer right there. But it's good. Right now, you all learn the plays. Like I said, learn the schemes, learn different things. That's cool. But you, with you, Perez, when it's time to play, whoo, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. But I will say this, man. Iberflus is impressed by some of the things that a lot of us Bears fans were impressed with with Justin Fields, not only uh, last season, but pre-draft. And it's that deep ball. You and I talk about Justin Fields throws a beautiful deep ball. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You got me thinking, Press. You keep talking about that deep ball, man. You know where I'm going with it, Press. Money moon, baby. <laughs> think about that deep ball. That bank going to be open, baby. That's all I'm thinking about right now. And I'm hoping that Matt Eberflus and team can really, you know, hone in on that, Press, and really use it a lot more. Because I don't think we took advantage of it last season. I, I believe probably not enough. So this season could be totally different, Perez, where now you and I have been talking about setting just the fields up for success. He got a deep ball. Hell, why not use it? I mean, especially, too, because we got some speedsters on that team. I mean, we had some speedsters last year, which I don't know what the hell happened there. When you had Goodwin and Bird <laughs> and all these guys that we kept hearing all this stuff about, then I'm like, why are they running all these short fucking routes? But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning the page. But when you look at this roster right now, with your boy Money Moon, yeah. Byron Pringle, Vellis Jones, Right, you got some guys now that can that can pick them up and put them down. Yeah, hey, look, guys with some hands too, Brez. So look, these, these guys can go, man. They 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 really are, you know, not they not bad. A bad group, Brez. It's still a solid group to me, in my opinion. I think they can show some stuff, you know. Uh, but yeah, you got money move leading the way, Brez. You're still in a good company, man. So you got your number one, or trying to create a number one, right? But you got some other guys who could definitely come in and definitely show what they can do as well, too. Make some catches and make some impact. When it comes to Justin Fields. He's got that combination of that combination of being mobile, right? He can throw on the run and still have that deep ball accuracy, right? And that's the thing with a quarterback like him when you have a money moon. You remember last season when Money Moon was smiling midair when he caught that pass, that deep pass from Justin Fields? He realized, like, damn, I ain't had nobody to get thrown to me the ball like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like about damn time. That's what I'm talking about. Keep doing that, young fella. But my point about with Justin Fields being able to throw on the run is the defense has to account for him with his legs. So yep. now you're stretching the defense horizontally, right? Now you get guys starting to get out of the position, right? And then you got a guy like Justin that can either tuck that shit and run or can zip that bitch down the field. Now you got the safety out of position. That puts right. a lot of pressure on the defense. And that's what I didn't think that Matt Nagy did a really good job at last year of really – making sure the teams have to account for both of those things. And that's what I'm thinking Luke Getty is going to be able to do with this system now, being able to understand what we have back there at the quarterback position and putting him in the best positions to do damage. 
I agree with you, Perez. It's also having the receiving core to know what to do when they see Justin Fields scrambling, right? So I'll tell you last season when Justin Fields scrambled, I'm like, where everybody else at, Perez? Come like, back to the fucking football. Right, exactly. They just stand around looking like play over. That's it, man. This group is probably going to think differently, though. Sean's going to probably look, hey, get that to me shorter. I, I know what to do with it, right? Hey, Money Moon, hey, get it to me. I'm here. Pringle, like, look, I'm here. I'll play with another guy you know, in KC's who will do the same thing, similar work like that. So it's like these guys understand what to do when they see a quarterback scramble. Getting Justin Fields on the move, A-Dub, is going to be very important. That's a component that I really am looking forward to here in year, in year two with him in this system. Because you get that guy on the move, it's going to be dangerous for a lot of these teams, man, to try to cover that shit. Because we talked about Byron Pringle. You especially mentioned how he worked with Patrick Mahomes there in KC. That's an example of a guy that I really think is going to benefit from playing with a guy like Justin Fields. Oh, definitely should benefit, Perez. Because now it's like, look, I can be an option. I can get more targets than what I'm accustomed to getting right in the past because they've had a loaded team. So now he's feeling pretty good. Like, okay, the depth chart here, I'm probably, what, number two or number three. I can get my chance to show what I'm able to do now, you know, with this unit. And you got a great situation going on for yourself if you have. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he's probably going to be the number two behind Mooney. Probably number three would be Vellis Jones because when you listen to Justin Fields when he talked about his receivers, He's heard the criticism that those receivers have been getting. Yeah. What Justin say? And I like that showing us some leadership. Hey, he believes they're good enough to get the job done. He was like, look, I know we don't have an Odell or a Cooper Cup. He said, but I think at the end of the day, if everybody's handling their shit and they're on top of everything and not making mistakes, he said, these guys are good enough to get the job done. And I think that Ryan Poles probably feels the same way. And I do too, Prez, in a way, because I know I probably gave this group some heat <laughs> in the past. But think about it, you know, you think about even players in other sports, right, who are not flashy, but still good like a Jimmy Butler, right? It's like, we don't have to have nobody flashy press to be to be solid or to be good. You don't have to have those guys that stand out that way who make those fancy, crazy catches or have all this, you know, whatever you want to play points to them. It's like, you still got guys who can still make plays. I would say, I would say when you look at these Bears receivers, just think about it this way, audience. These guys are going to be, they're in the NFL for a reason. Right. Outside of Darnell Mooney, who everyone, you know, knows that he's that deal. But Byron Pringle is a good receiver. He was just buried on a depth chart in KC. Vellis Jones may be a little older, and I know a lot of people question, hey, why is a 24, 25-year-old guy being drafted? He's not even a developed receiver. That was some of the feedback that was coming out about this guy. However, in the OTAs, everybody's been impressed by what they've seen out of him. And now it just makes you wonder, like, okay, maybe they have a different plan for how they're going to utilize him more so than how he was utilized in college. So sometimes you have to kind of reserve judgment on receivers and can't just base it off of what they did in the past because you don't know not – not every situation is created equally. Byron Pringle in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, that's not fair to evaluate him. Bellis Jones, not fair to evaluate him. So we have to see what happens when you put them in a system where they're getting targets, where they're being utilized the correct way and they're in the correct scheme. And in the case of Vellis Jones, you play with a quarterback like Justin Fields. I guarantee you Vellis Jones never played with a quarterback in Tennessee that had the talent of a Justin Fields. I guarantee that didn't happen. It's about utilizing these guys' strengths. If they're in a situation where they can utilize their strengths, what they do very well, Perez, I don't see them failing that way. It's going to take another team to beat them, to to, to show them up, whatever, and make them adjust. But if you can't do that and you got a scheme going on to where these guys are playing their strengths, 
they in good shape, man. And I think that's what Eberflus is really trying to build with these young guys here, man. It's putting them in situations where they, where they can do what they do best. And I know people, like you say, Village Jones, where he come from, we know what he can do best. When they get outside that, try to do something different, then we got some, some problems there. But as long as they play within themselves, we're good. Yeah, with a guy like Velas Jones, 4-3 speed, great run after the catchability, and all that you guys probably going to get tired of me saying that, but I see a lot of Debo Samuel in him. And I mean, listen to what Justin Fields said in the interview where he said that he was impressed with what he saw from Velas Jones because he said at the rookie minicamp, he said he talked, he saw him take in a 10-yard dig route. And he said he, this motherfucker caught that shit, turned around, hit second gear, ran it in for a touchdown. Now, how many guys that we have on the team that could do that type of shit last year? Just think about that, a dude. Yards after the catch, Chris. We have a lot of people do that. <laughs> so, um, and, and not and listen, and not even just the yards after the catch, but that home run mentality after the yeah. catch. We have it didn't happen often, so we need more of that. Somebody that's willing to do that and making a job out of it at that press. Like this is what I want to do when I catch the ball. Have that mentality every single time. Yeah. We need that. We need to have some home run hitters in this offense. And the one thing I like about Velas and A-Dub, you probably seen this too, the guy's physical. Now, I know he's tabbed as a, as a wide receiver, but sometimes, man, when he's running with that football, he looks like a running back to me. And those are the things that gets me really excited for how he's going to be utilized. And like, so like I said, I know a lot of us, we don't look at this wide receiver uh, this wide receiver depth chart and say, oh, it's the sexiest wide receiver group in the league. No, it's not. But I think it may surprise some people. And I'm not saying this to be a homer. I'm being objective when I give this feedback on this. I'm going to give these guys a chance. I'm going to give these guys a chance. Really, a lot of what my thoughts are going to come at is what I see at Hallis Hall and training camp when we're out there this summer. That's going to tell the story. I want to be looking and seeing who has that chemistry with Justin. Who are the guys that are learning? Who are the guys that are standing out? A lot of people are sleeping on this Bears team, but they keep forgetting that this schedule that the Bears have this season is not like that the schedule from last year. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, Chris. You're right. It's not the same schedule, man. Because that's what I overlook, right? You try, you try to read back to Earth, like, hey, dub, 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 that schedule. <laughs> they're like, no, fuck that schedule. <laughs> you were trying to hear me on that. Which you were right. The schedule was crazy. But this year, it's a different story, man. Uh, and we still got a chance. I think now we got some players who probably can play within the scheme, within a certain system. And I think that also helps, too. And I think this team is on the right track. So, I think that we're going to get some wins, Chris. We should get some, man. Um, whether our receiver group is going to lead us away or our defense, don't really matter which one stood out the most. The whole point is about this team growing together over time. And I think they can see the show progress from training camp, press through to the season. That's progress, man. And that's what I want to see happen. Yeah, I mean, and you, you, you pretty much brought up earlier Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, how they've been working together, building that chemistry. But think about the example that Darnell Mooney is spreading in that wide receiver room. And, I mean, think about a guy like Velas Jones. He's seeing that shit. You got a guy yep. like Equinemius St. Brown that's going to be on that wide receiver staff. But then they got veterans like Tajay Smart. So it's like when you look at this team, hey, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things there. It's just a matter of just trying to figure out the best mix. You know, yeah. like, this Bears wide receiver room is just like a pot of gumbo. It's got a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Damn good analogy Better than my basketball analogy <laughs> But you know at the end of the day It's just like man You just you know what's going to be good At some point 
you're just trying to figure out, okay, man, what's what's all in here? Let me keep stirring this shit up, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. There you go, man. And you know what? That may be the, the goal right now, Perez, what they're doing, the coaching staff, right? That's probably what they're doing now, seeing what we got here. What can guys do, right? How can we can mix things up as they learn the playbooks and all this? So that's probably part of the plan. Yeah, man. So we'll definitely see. But like I said, man, audience, I just say reserve, you know, a lot of uh, criticism for this offense until we see what unfolds. Because I'm telling you, we still got Justin. We still got David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. Like I keep telling them, A-Dub, the best one-two punch there and, and, and as far as running backs are concerned. Yes, sir. And we got Luke Getzky in the offensive scheme. That, man, it's going to be dynamic. I just have a feeling. I mean, this guy coached Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that can only bode benefits for us here, but defensively, I think this team is going to surprise some people this season. That's not me being a homer. That's me being objective. And I know I was very, I was very, um, I would say, conservative in my win-loss prediction on the season when I gave it eight wins. But I wouldn't be surprised, man, if this team snuck in and, and surprised some people. You know what I mean? Because there's just a lot of intangibles at play. And I feel more optimistic about this team than pessimistic. I'm on the same page with you. I, I feel like this team can definitely do something, man. And um, like I, said, I, I didn't say make the playoffs. You all I didn't say that at all. We didn't say we'll make the playoffs. You know, but we do feel like this team can still got enough to win some games with. And you, you talked about the good balance, right, from running back to, to, uh, to the quarterback to some of the defensive players we have now. It's, 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 it's some good stuff going on, man. So, and you got a good coach, I think, you put it together, a good scheme. So, you got all this happening, man. Luke Getze, all this together, this Knicks press can possibly work, man, to get you enough some wins, man. So, we may not have I think about this point, a before we get out of here. Think about the job that Ryan Poles did with clearing up cap space. I talked about it on, the, on recent episodes. That 2023 cap number is looking pretty damn good. You know, and now... With the Cleo Mack trade, that also helped with the cap space situation, but then the draft capital. Right. And so those are some of the things that we're going to see in the future that this team is probably going to be in really good standing for years to come. And that's what you really want to make sure that they're doing. You want to make sure that you got the cap flexibility, but you also want to make sure that you're building this team through the draft. Because too much of what we've done in the past of trying to fix mistakes in free agency that were caused by making bad draft picks. And I hope that Ryan Poles and his staff realize, hey, we got to hit in the draft. And that'll really make sure that we're in a good spot with building this roster and having a thorough, complete roster. Right, Chris. Having a thorough, complete roster and seeing what you currently have now, what they're able to do. Now you're able to see what you need to go out there next. So I think take your time with it. Don't rush into it and make bad decisions. I think Ryan Poles is so smart enough to say, look, I'm not going to just go crazy with this here. I'm going to take my time and do the right thing. But right now, I want to get the, the players on this team a fair chance. Well, look, A-Dub, like I said, I keep trying to tell the audience, I'm like, just be patient with this team. Give them a shot here. Don't just run with things that you hear other people saying as far as, oh, man, this offense is going to be trashed. Receivers are trash. Whatever. Listen, I've kind of gone through, and I've been looking at some of these receivers on film, and I have reasons to be optimistic. I also know the 32 in that backfield is a bad motherfucker. And <laughs> I love the fact that they're going to put Jenkins in right tackle to start things off, put Borum in left tackle. See, you, what, what we saw last year was stubbornness. What you're going to see this time around are people that aren't going to be stubborn. 
people that don't think they're the smartest people in the room, but people are going to make good football decisions that are backed up by data and film. So we haven't had that in the past. And so, like I said, we got smart people in smart positions now. So let's just sit back, be patient, let these guys do their jobs. And so far, I like the objectivity that's coming out the camp. Yes, sir. Always. We appreciate your support and helping make us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Essentials, and we are out.